Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto featuring University of Florida golfer Taylor Roberts. Taylor, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. How have things been over in Florida? I know kind of coming to the end of the semester here, you know, how have things been? Um, at Florida, it's been really awesome. Um, the warm weather and just practicing a lot. Um, love my teammates and my coaches. Um, and this the school atmosphere there has been great experience so far. It's just my first semester there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm loving it. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. You know, it's great to hear that, you know, things are going well. I know you're early on in your college career, so it's great that, you know, you're getting more familiar with things. Um, But we'll kind of bring it back to where it all began for you. You know, where are you from and how'd you get into the game of golf? Um, So I was born in Boca Raton, but I currently live in Parkland, Florida. So it's only like a 30 minute difference. Okay, gotcha. Um, But um, my family moved to a golf course for me to play. So uh, we were living in Boca and then they moved so I could have the opportunity to play on a golf course. Um, but back where, when I started, um, my grandma, um, she started giving me, or started taking me out to the golf course. Mm-hmm. And I just like fell in love with it, like with her friends. And then I was kind of always around golf. My um, cousin, both of my cousins played growing up, but one of them turned pro for baseball. And one of them is, um, uh, we'll be a junior at Florida State. So oh, cool. You knew that, but we're cousins. So gotcha. We were- That's awesome. Yeah. So it was like always around me, and I just never picked it up. But then um, when my grandma introduced it to me, I just like I loved being outdoors, and for me it was like an escape from reality, like just to go outside, right. just like be with myself and uh-huh. no pressure. And then I just I wasn't really good when I started, but then like I put so many hours into it, and just because like I loved. I love the game. And then mm-hmm. I, I got good at it eventually. <laughs> yeah. And then it always makes it more enjoyable when you get better and just the process of getting better is just so addicting. Um, like even now I'm like, what can I do to change my swing a little bit? So I right. can get better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always a constant process and you can always learn so much about, you know, just yourself and the game of golf. Um, but yeah, that's really cool though. You know, going out with the, you know, grandma and your cousins and stuff, you know, most people, you know, their, their mom or their dad got them into it, but your you know, your grand, your grandma and cousins got you into the game. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and my, my grandpa on the same side kind of played a big role in it too. Uh-huh. Um, he used to caddy for me in like us kids tournament. Oh, that's so like, awesome. Yeah. He was like a really big inspiration for me. He started like travel baseball in South Florida and was like really big into sports and he always like he put me in softball like wanted me to play softball growing up and I didn't love it and he's like <laughs> played basketball and he's like gotta play like put me in golf and was telling his wife who was my grandma mm-hmm. like gotta get her lessons and I know he like it was like a year where I was like just getting lessons and he's like you're not ready for a tournament yet and I remember when he was like now you're ready and then I was able to play a tournament I just love the competitive atmosphere of it too that's awesome. What, what, how old were you when you played in your first tournament? I think I was 10. 10. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of, that's kind of the magic number I've heard with people is around oh, really? the age of 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I know some people that started really young, uh-huh. um, 
especially like in U.S. kids, like some people played it when they were like three. I had a plastic set when I was younger that Uh my dad like kind of put in my hands because he was also a baseball player. Okay. Um, And he just like wanted me to have (laughs) a a set of golf clubs, but I didn't like seriously like start playing until I was 10 or 11. And then I started playing tournaments and it started from there. (laughs) That's awesome. That is so cool. Um, And it's really cool that, you know, you being from Florida, born and raised in Florida, um, you know, obviously, you know, you, you were from Boca Raton. Now you live in Parkland, which is, you know, pretty close, like you said. Um, But I mean, there's so much golf in just the state of Florida. Um, You know, what was it like growing up playing in that area? And just, it's so saturated with the sport. I mean, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, Florida golf, it's just very competitive, like, in itself. Oh, um, the first tournament I played um, was against Alexa Pano, I'm sure, like, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Name. And I think I shot, it's funny, because I'm, like, close friends with her, and we, we kind of talk about it. I think I shot, like, like 50-something on nine holes, and she, uh-huh. like, shot under par, and I was, like, there topping it and stuff. And it was really funny, because, like, that was my first experience to competitive golf. and he had been playing for forever but just Florida golf in itself is really competitive so I didn't really like travel a lot until I was like um like high school area Mm -hmm. or like end of middle school okay Uh, because like the competition in Florida is pretty much as good as like anywhere in the country I mean there's different states that have the same level but a lot of the talent there's a good amount of talent in Florida with like I started off with U.S. kids and then worked my way to like the South Florida tour mm-hmm. and then the Florida junior tour and then eventually started playing the American Junior Golf Association. Gotcha that is awesome it's really cool to kind of hear you know you, like I said you're born and raised in Florida to kind of mm-hmm. hear about you know you grown up and playing you know like you said there's so much good golf in Florida um, and That's playing in those. Yeah, you can just play year round. Like, yeah. you really have to, like, I learned, like, now as, like, as I'm older that you have to make your own breaks because you can play literally 365 days a, uh, a year if you wanted to. Yeah, that is insane. That is so cool, especially, you know, to be able to grow up and have that, you know, I mean, I'm, me being from California, I had that as well, but some people it snows and I'm like, I could never imagine it snowing. Yes. Me neither. I am. Um... I don't know if you see the Ohio State background, but my, yeah. my family is like from there. And um, my oh, sister, wow. she plays lacrosse and she'll be the fourth generation Buckeye next year. Oh, gotcha. Um, to Ohio State. Um, but that when we go into like the recruiting, I really wanted to go to Ohio State, but I couldn't play in the cold weather. So yeah. I was like, I need it. I need the warm weather. <laughs> Absolutely. I, and I totally, totally get it. I mean, the warm weather is huge. That's definitely a factor for some people with the recruiting process. But, um, you know, as you got older and you were playing in junior tournaments, you talked about the organizations that you played for, you know, maybe talk about your high school golf a little bit. Where did you play high school golf at? You know, what was, what were your experiences like with high school golf compared to playing in the junior tournaments? Yeah, so I did online school in high school for um, like two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, So I played for a private school called called Archbishop McCarthy. I had some like friends that were on the team. They really wanted me to play for them. Uh Um, So I ended up playing for them for two years. Um, And I really got what I wanted in like the high school experience. But I really thought that like if I wanted to grow, it was going to be like in the like on my own Mm -hmm. um in like the american junior golf association and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, but i really in high school i went to states and all with like the team and it was just such a great experience to have like the camaraderie and 
um, just be with kids because I did online for that period of time and right. um, needed the social environment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, I mean, especially the tournaments and the amount of golf that you're wanting to play and everything. I mean, the mm-hmm. online schooling is kind of a, you know, it's a big deal. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just thought of this right now with, you know, IMG Academy kind of being real pretty close to you. Was that ever a consideration to go to IMG or no? It wasn't. I'm pretty family oriented. Okay. Gotcha. I uh, love being around my parents and my sister and we have gotcha. such a good atmosphere here that, um, didn't want to leave that. And yeah. I'm pretty a structured person. So I didn't mm-hmm. really need the coaching and stuff there. I actually, um, like self was self-taught up until like, age 13 and gotcha and then I started going to a coach um but yeah all right (laughs) interesting yeah no that's really cool you know there's a lot of natural talent in you and that's always great to have and to build that foundation um that's that's really interesting you know I love love hearing about that um I just have some junior stats here from kind of you know your career and before before college golf and stuff um you know you won seven Florida junior tour tour events your 2017 FSGA player of the year competed in three U.S. girls junior championships 2017 18 and 19 three-time consecutive South Florida junior player of the year um I mean and then you won the 2020 Dustin Johnson world junior golf championship I mean that's great great resume you have there I mean whenever you kind of hear these you know accomplishments and these wins and everything that you've you know that you've collected through your years in junior golf does that kind of you know bring back some memories or anything or is it kind of you know wow you a little bit of the things that you did in your junior career yeah I think the most one that like when you say it all is like the girls junior yeah Um, the first one I played in um I the local qualifier to get into it Uh I went into like a three-hole playoff to get into that tournament oh my gosh and um, that really like prepared me for the for the actual event. But that experience was one that I'll never forget. The caddy that I had that week, mm-hmm. by far the best caddy you could ever have. Um, I'm actually still in close contact with him. He came. Awesome. Yeah, he came to watch me at regionals last year when I played for Florida State. Oh my gosh! Such an amazing guy. Like we literally text like a couple times a month. Um, but I made it to the semifinals in that tournament. Yeah. Um, barely made the the cut after the first two days of stroke play and mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. went to uh, um, write him a note because I thought I was missing the cut and I said <laughs> thank you so much for like caddying for me this week I enjoyed it and then I made the cut I think by two it ended up being and then I got into match play and we just like went on a run but that's for me the most memorable there's some like um, television recordings that yeah. on like the internet and watching some of them and like seeing what I looked like at that young of an age <laughs> and, like, and just like my just like the atmosphere of it it's just really cool to like go back and watch that and kind of remind myself of like what it was like when it like in that age and I was having so much fun and sometimes when I put so much pressure on myself I look back in that moment and just like try to bring like the kid out in me yeah Um, no I think that's that is amazing and I'm really glad that you brought that up because you know uh, we as golfers we start out just having fun and it's fun you know what I mean expectations are not where they're at now and um now as you kind of you know, you're getting into the collegiate side of golf, your expectations are, you know, a little higher than they were when you were you know, first starting out. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's great to kind of bring that back a little bit. And that's great. You're able to visually watch that and uh, just kind of think, you know, golf was, 
you know, I'm sure you still enjoy it now, but it's just, it's really interesting to kind of see how the expectations change over the years and to have that reminder um, whenever, like you said, when you put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, I remember like the I the assistant coach at Florida State at the time who she retired before or, not, or left before I even got there, but she told me before that tournament that it's golf is just like a set of 18 holes and it's the same at that tournament because it's such a for me it was such like a big tournament that I had never played on that level and that was the advice that she gave me like it's still it's still a par five it's still a par four yeah and like treat it the same um, so that really stuck with me. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, just treat it as if it's, you know, it's another round. I mean, it's, it's another par four and another par five. I love that. Love that mindset. Um, but I mean, not only was that your first U.S. junior girls that you, know, you talked about, but I mean, you played in two others, a total of three. Um, you know, how did each one of those championships kind of compare to each other? Will you never forget that first one? Or as you went on, did the experiences get, you know, that much better? Um, I think I'll never forget the first one just yeah. um, the caddy that I had was like uh, a local caddy and so I had like the whole clubhouse cheering for me because he was so well known there oh that's awesome um, so that's something like I really never forget but the next two I'm trying to remember right now I know one was in Century World mm-hmm. um, Wisconsin I think I don't rem- I think that was the last one I played mm-hmm. yeah that was the last one I played I missed the cut on that one um, the course was like sneaky hard. I thought I got there and I was like, oh, this course is way easier than the first one I played. And uh-huh. it was snuck up on me. <laughs> um, but I also had a really nice caddy that week. And then the year before I kind of skipped around. But the year after um, the semifinal finish in Pebble Beach area, Poppy Hills. Poppy Hills, yeah, yeah. I made it I made it to the round of 16 in that in the next year after that so that one was really memorable too now that I'm bringing up the memories there was a lot of fog delays I remember like yeah sitting around, sitting around with my family and just like writing waiting to play golf but it was a lot of fun I love playing match play it's one of my favorite types of of golf um really big competitor so when I can just go play one v one for me I there's like another level that comes out when I play match play, but yeah, definitely um, all three experiences are memorable. Yeah. I mean, those are huge to come, you know, to qualify for events like that and get those experiences are, you know, those are awesome. Really congratulations on that. That is so yeah, cool. I was actually sad because I was supposed to play the one the year after and I had an exemption into it and uh-huh. then COVID hit. Yeah. Um, Jeez. But yeah, but hopefully I qualify for the women's am this year and get to experience it again. I'm actually qualified for the USJ four ball with one of my close friends and that we didn't get to play in that either because of COVID. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, amount of USJ events you've qualified ratio to playing in is what yeah. I mean, that's it. what's up with that. Yeah. I haven't played in or two of them because of COVID. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, knowing that you qualify for the, those events still is, you know, that's a huge congratulations on that. That's really mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but I mean, another tournament I kind of want to touch on is that 2020 Dustin Johnson um, world junior golf championship. Um, you know, that's, you know, I remember growing up and it was like, you know, going to play in junior worlds were like, I don't know why I just thought that was amazing because it had like worlds in it. And I was just like, yeah. okay, like that's crazy. But I mean, to come out on top on that tournament as well, that's kind of on the tail end of your junior career heading into your college and kind of, um, you know, with the recruiting process kind of coming around and stuff. Um, you know, what did that win do for you? Were you had already been committed at that time or, you know, were you kind of still deciding between schools? 
Yeah, so I committed to Florida State as a freshman, so I had already decided gotcha. um, the Dustin Johnson was a huge win for me because the summer before mm-hmm. I had blown a couple big leads. Oh, okay, <laughs> like gotcha. The Florida Am, I had a seven shot lead and was like, I needed to like get the like, I needed to clinch it. Like I had a lot of leads, but I was um, getting really nervous under pressure. And I think I had like a four shot lead somewhat Mm -hmm. in the final round and to be able to like hold on to the lead and finish it off for me was a really big moment. I remember my mom, like my dad wasn't there, but my mom hugged me on the 18th green and she had tears in her eyes because she was like, you finally did it. Yeah. Um, And I actually won next to one of my closest friends, uh, Tyler Wilkes. He won the guys division. And for me, like I have a picture on my in my room of just me and him hugging after um and it's just something I'll I'll literally never forget winning next to him and like being able to close it off and I I'll remember like the final three stretch of holes forever Um, that is so awesome I love hearing those kinds of stories I mean that is so I mean that's stuff that you can play back in your mind like you said you remember the last three holes I mean that is just something that you can always go back to when like you said, when you're putting too much pressure on yourself or something and knowing that you've done it, you know, you've crossed the line and, you know, won the event. I mean, that's, that is so cool. I love hearing those stories. Yeah, we're, we're sitting here talking. I can envision like the 18th hole <laughs> and like that the is... leaderboard and everything. It's crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you, I mean, you picturing that now and you're seeing the leaderboard and everything like that. I mean, just what is that? What kind of feelings or emotions are you getting coming down that 18th hole, seeing the leaderboard? you know, knowing what's going to unfold or not knowing what's going to unfold, I guess. So, um, I mean, I like chills and just like a lot of happy thoughts. Um, I haven't played competitively since, um, like the first week in January and Uh I'm about to tee it up in June because I redshirted. So I didn't Uh have played. And just to like remind myself of like what I'm capable of, because I've been practicing so much, but I haven't been able to put it Uh under the test yet, but to, I haven't thought about any of this. So just to relive it kind of while talking to you is a nice feeling too that's awesome god i love hearing that stuff that is so cool um i'm really excited for you to tee it up you know in competitive golf and uh just unleash everything that you've been working you know working for um really interesting stuff um i kind of touched on the recruiting process um just you know a little bit but i'm really curious you know you said you committed to florida state when you were a freshman obviously you're at university of florida now um let's kind of go back to when the recruiting process recruiting process started for you um you know what steps were you taking or was it more of schools reaching out to you so i committed like the summer of my freshman year okay For me, uh, my dad was really influential in my recruiting process because he played at Indiana for baseball. So he knew like what everything was about. That's awesome. Um, That's great. I mean, I don't know what I would have done without him because he knew like how to send letters, how to like get on the radars. Yeah. Like my talent did a lot for like the numbers and stuff, but um, you really have to do a lot of it on your own too, especially to like find where you're meant to be and I remember we were on a plane. Um, the first school I visited was Furman and Clemson, like at the same time, like wow. yeah. one day and then the next. And I remember him like grilling me on the plane with like questions of like what I would answer to these college <laughs> Yeah. And I, I was in, I think I was in seventh grade and I had like no experience with that. But now I look back and he helped me so much, like get used to like <laughs> talking to adults and especially in like interview situations, like 
that like scenario it didn't happen just on the plane uh-huh. <laughs> yeah times. um but I got a compliment from the Furman coach like I was the mo- he, most prepared kid he's ever seen and I thanks to all my dad because he <laughs> he definitely helped me with that <laughs> that is awesome you know just yeah. keeping you on point at all times you know and it's and I mean, that's, that's super important because I mean, showing up kind of showing that, you know, you're friendly, open and everything. I mean, that can really, you know, grab the attention of coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. He was like really big into that. And my grandfather that I said that like started travel baseball, yeah. he got like many uh, hundreds of kids, like scholarships in baseball. So it was kind of like in our family, like knew how to, um, to get like the scholarship process going and um, gotcha. with my cousins on the other side my cousin played at UNC for baseball. And then with my other cousin at Florida State, we were kind of like all going through the process together. So it was nice to like bounce ideas off of. It's really interesting to just hear about, you know, everything that your family has done with, I mean, scholarships and, you know, recruiting and everything and how much they've helped you kind of into, you know, put all the work into your recruiting process. I mean, that is really, really cool to kind of hear all that. Um, But I mean, you, you know, so you went on your visits, you committed to Florida state, you know, was it a just for sure? Like I'm going to Florida state once you got the offer or were you kind of between a few schools that you were like, ah, oh, you know, maybe here and there. So there was a couple of things that I was like looking for in a school. I grew up like huge football girl. So I wanted to go to like a big time school with like big time athletics. I wanted to go in somewhere where I could handle like the weather and be happy. Um, but I mean, definitely one of the last three schools was actually Florida, Florida state, Ohio state. And Ohio State was just like in my blood. I felt like I belonged there. But then at the end of the day, I was like, I really can't play in that cold of the weather. And then I was deciding between Florida and Florida State. And it's kind of funny that I ended up at Florida, ironically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I was younger, um, I felt a better feeling when I was on campus there. And when I went to see the Florida coach, I don't even know if she knows this, <laughs> but she was like sick the first time I went to see her. So I kind of got like a bad vibe, like initially with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Florida State coach, I got along with very well when I was younger. Gotcha, gotcha. I know. And I think it, it's crazy to, you know, like you said, so much of your family has gone to Ohio State and then, you know, to go to Florida State or anything where they, I'm sure they were super supportive of you wanting to go yeah. there and everything. Um, you know, that's, it's really cool to be like the local girl, go to Florida state, like, you know, just born and raised in Florida. I think that's a really cool story that, um, you know, that you're able to kind of live there for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it was really cool too, because my cousin that's the same age as me was going through the same process. And yeah, one day he came up to me, he's like, we have a 25% chance of going to the same school. I'm like, how does that even happen? And he's like, well, I went through like all the letters you got, all the letters I got it. I like mapped it out. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. And I, I committed first. And then like two weeks later, he committed to Florida state. So the year together was awesome. I mean, I wish it worked out for me to stay there, but it just wasn't right for me. Yeah. Um, but just to be there for a year with him and was awesome. Even going through like when we were, when we committed together was just such a, it's a great experience that I'll still always remember. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, to have somebody there that's in your family, I mean, that yeah. is, that is so cool. Yeah, it was really nice, especially like with COVID, because my freshman year was uh, yeah. we didn't get to play in the fall and um, just adjusting to a new school, like without family and just to have him. He was actually down the hall in my dorm. So it was like wow. literally less than 100 yards. So it was uh, super nice. 
Yeah, that is so cool. Awesome. And, you know, like like we've said, you know, you you committed to Florida State initially, went there, COVID year, everything like that. And then you get, you know, you put yourself in the transfer portal. And, you know, what what made you want to kind of, you know, go in the transfer portal, look for something different? And then kind of how did that process go? Yeah, so for me, it was just like, not the right atmosphere for me. I, I wasn't the happy person that like I'm a really bubbly person, love hanging out with people. And I became very introverted when I, towards like the end of the season and was just very unhappy. And I thought a lot of it was because of COVID, um, but I came back home over the summer and just realized like everything that happened because I kind of became like robotic because all I would do was like go to the gym, go to the golf course and do schoolwork online. So a lot of it was hard because of COVID. And then I went back um, in the fall intending to play and it just I didn't feel right for me when I got back there and so then I entered the transfer portal like midway through the fall semester but before we started the fall season so I didn't lose my eligibility and then I entered the portal and looked at a bunch of different schools I kind of started the process all over again which was pretty hard to do because to like go through it again and find out like what happened and to trust the coach again all over again was definitely a process but Florida worked out in a really good way and I'm really happy there. We're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. Scrambling with Dolan Auto is sponsored by our friends over at Putt View Books. Putt View Books makes yardage and green books that are used by the best junior, college, amateur, and professional golfers in the world and are designed with the assistance of world-renowned golf coach Phil Kenyon and can be made for over 30,000 golf courses. The amount of precision that's put into each yardage and green book is impeccable and Cordy from Golf Science Lab says they're clear, simple, and very useful. If you want a yardage or green book, head over to their website at puttviewbooks.com and check them out on Instagram at puttviewbooks. The coaches were super supportive. Um, teammates are one of my favorite parts about Florida. Um, I didn't really know that going into it. I didn't really know a lot of them. Um, but once I got there, um, they treat me like I'm a sister. And they're now, now I feel like I have seven sisters because they're all amazing and can talk to them about anything. And we're just a really good team. And the chemistry is really good there. Yeah. I mean, it's great to have that kind of, you know, atmosphere and everything. And, you know, I've, had many guests that come on and you know and they like like your exact situation or you commit so early your values what you're looking for in university are just totally different than you know three years later and it happens I mean that's just kind of part of the you know it's all part of the process and it's great that you found a home now um you know you're feeling very comfortable now you're looking forward to competing with the ladies and it's great that you're all clicking very well because um you know it's great to feel welcomed and everything like that it was crazy for me to like go from Florida or Florida State to Florida, especially because uh-huh. I had put on like Garnet and Gold for the longest time from my uh-huh. freshman year to senior year of right. high school, and then to completely switch. Definitely got a, when everyone asked me, "Oh, where'd you transfer from?" and I say Florida State. There's a bunch of different answers that I get, and it just I feel like finally now I'm like a full Gator because like I wear all the stuff and. Um, I'm a part of the culture now, but it was just, it was a crazy switch to go from like a rival school 
Um, but, and then I wanted to go back to like the recruiting process. Um, now, like it changed, like you can't commit until like your junior year, which I think is for my sister, like the world switch when she was about to commit. And I was like, so happy for her because I feel like you shouldn't commit when you're a freshman. Like, what do you know at that age? <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> for me, like I'm literally, um, I'll be 21 in January and just like the knowledge you have in the end of your high school year is just, it's invaluable. Yeah. And that's, I totally see what you're saying. You know, it's, you know, it's crazy to me that, you know, sometimes people commit in seventh and eighth grade and I'm just like, I couldn't fathom, you know, making that big of a decision of where you're going to be going to a school at such a young age. It's crazy, but I mean, Hey, it, you know, if, if you can do it, it's great, you know, and yeah. it's, it's a lot better maybe whenever you can commit a little later on, because like you said, you know, you kind of things change and, you know, some things that you look for in university can be totally different, but um, yeah, yeah, it's I really interesting. People, it definitely works out. Like my cousin yeah. worked out and I actually knew someone that committed in, in seventh grade and they're still there. So yeah. um, it definitely works out for some people, but I think the ultimate like change of the rule was better for like everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, you know, you're, you redshirt your first, you know, your first year at FSU or your first semester. Um, so, you know, you're looking to kind of get competitive and everything like that. Um, you know, but I wanted to just talk about your first year at Florida state, you know, you had, you know, you had some, you had some success there. Um, you know, you started in the lineup for all seven tournaments, you know, obviously, you know, COVID and everything, but you know, you were in the NCAA regionals and the NCAA championship. I mean, to go and play, you know, in those big events and, you know, perform and be with the team and everything is really, really interesting. You know, those experiences playing out of regionals and, you know, the national championship. I mean, just kind of talk about that a little bit and, you know, what, what you feel like you can bring to the table for University of Florida. Yeah, I think having these ex the experiences, especially making it like to the national championship is really big. Um, the team at Florida has actually like missed the national championship the last two years in a row by one shot. So I think like having the experience will definitely like help them for the upcoming years. Um, but just to play on that level of stage, like that pressure definitely will help like bring experience. And it was really enjoyable to like play at that level. And we worked so hard, like our whole life and to like make it that far. I was talking like with my family, like we take it for granted, like my sister made it to state. So my cousin um, got drafted, like we would take it, all these things for granted. And when my team missed it by one, I was like, like they're good enough easily to make it, but like we take it for granted to make it to the national championship or I did at least when I was at Florida State. Such a great experience. And I think one for next time that I will want to soak in a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you and the rest of the ladies, you know, obviously you want to be at nationals every year. And that's something that you guys are going to be chasing and stuff. You know, I think that's really, you know, it's really great to kind of, you know, maybe, you know, make it just short a little bit to kind of light the fire for all the ladies there. And then, you know, you're going to come out this next year and it's going to be, you know, doing everything you can week in, week out, of course, yet whenever it comes to postseason, it's going to be like, okay, you know, all the preparation stuff will be kind of worth it. Um, you know, it's really, really excited, really excited for not only yourself, but for, you know, the ladies as well. Um, you know, this coming, this next year, you're going to go a lot. I'm sure you have a busy summer going on, a lot of practice and stuff, but, uh, you know, really excited for you ladies. Yeah, I was just telling my family, like, as much as I love being home, I can't wait to go in the fall and, like, compete for them <laughs> and, to have that culture and just like the University of Florida, just it means so much to like represent them and be a Gator. And I just can't wait 
to play yeah. for them. So that is so awesome. That's great to have, you know, that that you know you're very eager and you're really excited to just compete for the team and university of florida you know you're just really shows that you're a team player that's that's yeah i was like i always like was so excited for summer and then i like got home and i was like i just want summer to be over and go play and i know it just started but i'm excited to play like some summer my summer schedule but i'm really excited to go play for them yeah you kind of touched on your summer schedule a little bit you know what's going to be you know what's in the cards for you this summer what tournaments are you going to be going to what qualifiers are you going to kind of take us a little bit through your uh, summer season yeah i was kind of upset i missed the u.s open qualifier mm-hmm. i was in israel for 10 days i just got back yeah um, but i prioritized that part of my life too um but i'm doing the us am qualifier um i'm the first event um i'm playing in is june 6th at it's a Southern Am in Kentucky. I played it last summer and lost in the finals. So kind of hope for some redemption going in there. Yeah. Um, and then I'm playing the North South in Pinehurst, which I'm really excited about. Let's see the Florida women's open. I, this will be my fourth year playing that, especially like being in Florida, so it's a great field and you get to play with pro golfers too. And it's good. And the course is always a good test of golf. Um, and then I think I'll play the Florida stroke play or like the Florida am. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I was doing busy, you know, got some tournaments coming up, going to get early with that competitive, you know, golf and stuff just in time, you know, to get be all prepped and ready for whenever the school season, you know, comes back around in August, you know, that's really exciting. Yeah. And I actually have like my charity event that I'm hosting is right before I go back to school. So it'd be nice to like have a little break play. It's a less of a pressure tournament. It's like a Ryder Cup style with one of my friends, uh, Mm -hmm. Phoebe Brinker. Mm -hmm. Um, She plays at Duke. Um, So we're both like co-hosting a charity tournament to benefit uh, mental health awareness. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, kind of, you know, really interested about, you know, the charity event and everything like that, you know, how many, you know, is this the first year, the second year, you know, how many years have you been doing this tournament? Yeah. So uh, when I was a senior in high school, I came up with the idea with Phoebe to host a charity golf tournament to benefit people that lost their jobs from COVID. Mm -hmm. So that was like the first year that we hosted it and we raised like over $40,000 for COVID. Yeah. And then this year we've, um, we're doing it for mental health awareness, which is like, we're both really passionate about it. And we wanted like to switch. We were raising money for, and we've already almost hit 50,000 with two months to go to raise money. Um, and that one is going to be at East Lake this summer. So I'm really excited to have it at a venue like that. That is awesome. Well, (laughs) that is, you know, congratulations on that. You know, not only are you doing stuff for competitive golf and, you know, for your team, University of Florida, but I mean, something bigger than golf, you know, that's, um, that is amazing. You know, that is really, really cool. You know, I hope a lot of people, you know, look into it and stuff and just kind of get behind you on the charity event there. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's open to any college golfer. And with all, with my like transition from Florida State to Florida, like mental Mm -hmm. health was really big in that part of it. And just like golf in general, it's such a big part of golf and everyone's lives. And it's so relevant today. I know um, not to like bring the subject down, but in the last month, there's been like three suicides in college athletics. Um, So it's a really big uh, topic now. And I just am really passionate about it and hope to like make a difference. There you go. And it seems like you're doing the right things, you know, that that's really, really special. And, you know, I, I don't hear a lot of people doing charity events like that. So that's, you know, it, it really just shows the kind of person you are. And, you know, mental health is huge with 
not only things in life, but golf is huge. Yeah. I mean, huge. Yeah. So really interesting. Really glad you kind of brought that up and kind of told the listeners about that. You know, I hope a lot of people, like I said, you know, sign up for the event, college golfers get out there and support a great cause. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously you're early on in your college career, you know, University of Florida, I can't wait to get ready and playing for them. You know, what are some goals do you, that you have for maybe just your college career or maybe this up and coming season or even just this summer? Like, do you like to set goals or is it just kind of you take it week by week? Um, I like to set like short term and long term goals. Some of like for the upcoming year, I love to like play in the Augusta Women's Amateur. Yeah, I was pretty close to it um, this past year, but I didn't play all of last summer due to like some personal issues that I was um, going through, especially with like the transition and stuff. So I just gotcha. like yeah, a break. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really healthy for me. I found my love for golf again. There you um, go. I'd love to like win an SEC title for Florida. Yeah, um, they haven't done it. Uh, I want to say 2016 was the last year they made it to the finals this past year. They were super close. Um, I think just winning a conference title would be um, an awesome experience to have, especially with my teammates and then hopefully a national title. I think we have the caliber of players to do that. Yeah. Um, so exciting yeah, stuff. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I and I'm sure you're gonna, you know, put all the work in and everything that you need to do to prepare yourself the best you can for that. And um, you know, the you talk about, you know, this the skill level and the caliber of players you have on the team. You know, I'm you know really excited once again for you to you ladies to just get after it. And um we talk about it now and I can't wait for it to happen and it'd be like, you know, all these goals that you're talking about and accomplish them and stuff, you know, it's just really exciting and really excited for you. And it's great that um, no, you, you don't put a ton of pressure on yourself and you've kind of maybe, you know, you've learned that to not really do that because then you can't perform the best you can. So, yeah, um, I, in junior golf, I had so many goals and I, it weighed very heavily on me because I like, yeah. wanted, I'm very competitive person, like I said, and I yeah. just, all I want to do is accomplish those goals. So now I try to like, just live in the moment and kind of let it come to me. I mean, I definitely have goals, but try, like you said, to have like less pressure and try to find the fun that I had in like when I was younger. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm really glad that you, you, you kind of brought that up because the junior golfers, I feel like especially is that period of time where you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself, especially if you want to play that, you know, college golf and um, you know, it, it can be, it can be super overwhelming and it can really you hurt your performances and i mean you you just don't want that to happen so i'm glad you even brought that up just for the junior golf aspect of it yeah definitely and um you know so you talked about your goals that you kind of set you know short term i know you don't like to set long-term stuff but have you kind of thought about your future after college you know is it like you know you want to play professional golf you want to give that a shot or is it kind of not really in the you know in the focus point right now yeah so if you were to ask me that, like last year, I would say 100% I wanted to play professional golf. Yeah. Um, but after like everything I've been through in the last year, mm-hmm. um, um, I still love golf. Like it's a huge passion of mine and I enjoy competing all the time, but I enjoy like other parts of my life. Like I'm really big in like giving back and um, I'm majoring in special education and um, I want to do something with my life with, with that. Um, I definitely am going to give um, pro golf a shot. Um, I think I owe it to myself and um, I would love to do that. Um, But I don't know how long I will do it for, but I definitely will. It's a goal of mine to reach that level. And then 
hopefully I can do something um, with special education or like social work or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have like one day I'm waking up and I'm like definitely pro golf. And then the next day is like, oh, I'm going to do this. So it's like, I have like two lives that I want to live and I'm trying to like find that happy medium of it. Absolutely. No, I think that's great. Cause you mean, you know, yes, you know, we all grow up, we want to play professional golf and this and that and this and that, but you know, that's, you know, while you may give it a go and sometimes it may not happen, it's great to have that backup plan. It's great that you kind of found something that you're passionate about, you know, special, special education is, you know, you're, there's a lot of job opportunity and job security with special education, you know, and, um, you know, there's, it takes a special person and it seems that you are that person. So that's just, you know, they're just doing a lot of great things. Just like I said, not only in golf, but just outside of golf and stuff that's bigger than golf. And, uh, you know, it just shows that you have a lot, you know, you really care about people. You really care about, you know, just the mental health side of it and everything like that. And you really want to care for other people. So I think that's great. Just really shows the kind of person you are. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully I can find like something that I can do with both. Yeah. <laughs> like My ultimate goal is to like play on tour and maybe do something with it um, mm-hmm. so we'll see just letting uh whatever comes to me happen absolutely who knows this whole charity golf tournament thing could uh you know get real huge and i mean hey that could be something too so um you know really interesting stuff really excited for you know not only your college crew but just to follow your kind of path and your you know just your journey and everything that you got going on for yourself it's really exciting really cool stuff i appreciate it yeah so we're heading to the next section of the show, just like to call the ham and egg section, just to ask them for fun questions here, um, get to know you a little bit more. Um, the first one here is, I, I usually like to ask this one because, I mean, nerves are in golf. You know, people get nervous over shots or, and, you know, you've kind of touched on a few of them, you know, you at, you know, some of your, your junior events and stuff like that. But is there a moment that you can really pinpoint that you were the most nervous at and how do you keep yourself calm and focused during those moments? Um. So I was really nervous coming down the stretch of the Dustin Johnson. Um, I didn't talk about it before, but I mean, I talked about like closing it off and I had prior experiences where I didn't close it off and I was nervous. Um, but for this moment, I um, I wasn't really into like the stuff that I got into now that helps me with nerves. Um, I'm not really sure what clicked at that event, but yeah. like now, um, I think it was just like all my experiences. I was like, finally, like, like it's your time, like just just do it kind of mm-hmm. attitude. Yeah. And, but now for nerves, um, I I do like breathing techniques and meditation like before and after rounds to help me. Um, but that was like a specific moment that the meditation and stuff like worked um, was my last event. I played, it was in January and I had it at like three under with a couple holes to play and for me when I get under par I get more nervous it's really weird (laughs) but like sometimes you're like nervous when you're like playing bad but for me when I'm like super under par that's when I get nervous Uh uh-huh yeah and I was able to use like my breathing techniques and um just like meditating and like seeing my lines and I birdied like the last three holes to shoot 67 wow Um, there you go I went from like 40th place to like coming in a top three. Mm -hmm. So so that was like a specific moment where I kind of got everything under control that I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny that you talk about, you know, the lower you get and the deeper you get kind of under par and everything you get nervous. Cause I feel the same way, you know, you, you start off like, you know, through five or six holes, you're three or four under, you're just like, kind of hits you a little bit like, Whoa, 
Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's really interesting. And My dad like, always says it's better for me to bogey the first hole than birdie the first hole. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I birdie the first hole. Now you have like this expectation and then you bogey it, you bogey it. Now you're just swinging out of your shoes and trying to make it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're just but, fighting back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so funny. And you know, a lot of people like, you know, you never birdie the first hole. Cause then after that, it just, you know, I don't know why, but just some people say, you know, it just kind of goes downhill, but I mean, it's just, kind it's of funny, funny. Though, cause like the round that I shot 67, I started out birdie birdie and then I finished birdie birdie birdie. So it was kind of ironic of how I actually like <laughs> was able to like maintain, maintain it. And it was bogey free. So I was just like, wow. Able to maintain my nerves, like the whole round, which for me is like a moment that I try to remember when I'm like going into these upcoming tournaments that I was able to do it and I can do it again. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, it's funny. You start out, you start out birdies and then you finish it on birdies and everything yeah. in between was just kind of, you know, steady golf. That's, that's yeah, it was just a bunch of pars. <laughs> that is just, that's, you know, that's uh, yeah. people call it boring golf, but God, that's, it's so fun whenever you can do that. That is so cool. Um, but uh, it's great that you can kind of go back and just look at that once again, that memory and just think that you did that and you can do that and you have the, you know, breathing techniques now and, um, just really, really cool. Love hearing those stories. And next question here, um, you know, we've talked about the game of golf and, you know, there's, you know, stuff outside of golf that can happen. There's a lot of up, ups and downs in the game of golf. Um, you know, is there a reason why you like to play golf? I know you talk about how competitive you are, but is there something about the game itself that you truly love about? I think just the nature of it, like being outside. When I was younger, um, I had a hard time in like elementary and middle school, like just getting along with kids. And for me, it was like an escape from all of it. And when I, and even now, like in college, like the hour to two hours or however long we're practicing or the time that I have to myself to work on my own game outside of team practice. Like for me, it's just like such a relaxing place to like go outside. And I love my hometown golf course because um, we're kind of near the Everglades and um, we're not like right on it, but like the nature has all like the same vibes and um, just to be around that and it's wide open and there's just a lot of scenery. And for me, I'm a very visual person and especially like under pressure, I've learned to like try to just like look around me and try to like get out of my head and just being in nature. I love that part of it. And then when you add the competitive part of it, um, I love competing and we'll do anything to win. So I, I love like the combination. It's kind of a weird combination. Like you have this like very relaxed side of me and then you bring uh -huh, out yeah. the, the competitive side of me and put it together. Um, but I think also I love golf for like all the friendships I've made throughout golf. Pretty much most of my friends are from the golf course and they're unlike any other type of friends because you have so much in common. Um, you can talk to them about anything. And Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you touched on kind of like whenever, you know, you try and distract yourself with nature and stuff like that. And, you know, it's kind of your, you know, your escape and everything like that. Yeah. I think so many people can, you know, relate to that because, you know, you're out there you know, you're all on, you know, you're kind of all on your own, especially those moments where there's just like nothing going on around. And you're just like, you know, you're just, you don't have to be anything or you don't have to be like anybody, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you it, can just like, you can be yourself out there. And for me, it's like, I think of when you say like all by yourself, it like brought up an image, like in tournaments, sometimes when you're like the last one to put out, and you have like a three or four footer and you're the one like going over it and reading it. I feel like you're so by yourself in that moment because yeah. like around you, all you see is the ball and like maybe your shadow. And it just, it's crazy that you're just like, I feel like 
all you see is like yourself in that moment and like what you're made of. And I love that part of golf. You know, I always thought of just like, you know, you're, you know, whenever there's moments where you're literally all by yourself, but you know, you kind of talked about when you're looking down at a putt, you know, and all you see is the ball, like you literally are just you and the ball. Like that's yeah, it. Like you like your hands. And um, I, another thing I love about golf is like it connects me to my grandfather that passed away. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. And I I have a tattoo on my my left um, arm. It's like here. Uh-huh. And um, for me, like when I talk about like seeing over the ball, I put it on my left arm. So like when I am over the ball, I, it reminds me of him and like words he would say to me. Um, so that connects me to golf too. And and I try to always remember him and like what he would want me to do while I'm playing too. And he never saw me win a tournament. Um, so whenever I'm like down the stretch, think of him too, when I'm trying to close out a tournament. So. Absolutely. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, that's great that, you know, you have the tattoo there to remind, you know, yeah. kind of remind yourself of him and um, you know, you know, you say he hasn't seen you win it, you know, win a tournament, but I'm sure he's been with you this whole time. So, you know, always, you no, know, it's just great story. You know, it's really special. And, um, you know, it's great that you show the appreciation for him, even when he's not there. That's, you know, that's huge, really yeah, good stuff. I wasn't like a tattoo guy, but I'm like, I want one because I, I need to like have a memory when I'm playing golf and yeah. I, I wanted one forever. Um, it's been like seven years since he passed away. Uh-huh. Um, but when I was 18, I was like, right off the bat, I was getting one. <laughs> Let's go tattoo parlor. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> and it's funny. I, I came home from school and my dad like loved it because it was his father that passed away. Yeah. And I came home and my dad has like a huge one on his forearm now. And he was <laughs> against it. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that's so funny. The tables yeah. have turned. <laughs> that's hilarious. But that's great to, you know, show the appreciation and that it's meaningful. No, that's really cool. Really, really special. Um, next question I have here for you is, you know, you've been through the recruiting process, you know, you've committed super early, you've had success in the junior golf world. You know, is there any advice that you have for junior golfers out there that are maybe going through the recruiting process or, you know, they're looking to, you know, want find something to differentiate themselves about, you know, getting recognized by coaches or anything? Um, yeah, I think in the recruiting process, uh, I learned that like, it's not just about your scores is like the person that you are. So like coaches pay attention. Are you like picking up the flag stick? Are you talking to the people you're playing with? It's like, it's way more than just golf. But I think to like show yourself is like making the initiative to like make phone calls to the coaches. A lot of coaches don't like when parents do it all. I talked about like how my par- my dad like had a huge role. He kind of like asked me questions and was like, what do you want in a school? And then I did all of like the phone calls. He wasn't on any of the phone calls. And I think it's important for um, junior golfers to like want it themselves um, to play in college. And also to know that like golf isn't like every part of life. Like when I was that age, I was like, golf is it, but there's so much more to golf. And it's important that um, junior golfers also prioritize different parts of their life too. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's really you know, in I, the picking up the flag and, you know, they're always going to be watching you, you know, if a college coach is there, you know, they know you're a good player and it's kind of like everything else that happens, they're watching that as well. And they're factoring yeah, that sure. in. Like after the round, like they're looking to see if like you're picking up your bag or your parents or, or is your parents picking up your bag and walking into the car? Or are you doing it? Or like, are you yelling at your dad after the round or your parent or whoever's there? 
just like the interaction you have with your parents because college coaches don't want to deal with difficult parents either. So <laughs> absolutely um, one. I mean, your parents aren't going to come with you to college. That's for sure. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's still like um, I learned that like college coaches are also looking at like the family you come from yeah. and like interaction that you have with your parents is or your sister or your brother, like whoever is there is important to not like put on an act either just to like be yourself. But I think it's also like realize everything that they're looking for because they see the numbers and then they recruit you. They don't recruit you and then see the numbers. Right. Absolutely. That is so true. They, you know, they, they see the numbers, you know, that, and yeah, I love that. Their attention. And then they're like, Oh, is this person a good person? What do they do? Like, what are they like? And will they fit into our team? So I think also for junior golfers, you have to find a spot where you can go in and like mesh with the coaches and the and the players. And I think it's important to talk to the players um, that are on the team before you commit there because you can get to know them and get to know the coaches also behind the scenes because a lot of the times coaches also like try to put on a show too. So interesting. Yeah. All great stuff. I think a lot yeah. of junior golfers can learn from this and um, you know, and find you know, find a way to kind of help them with the recruiting process, you know, love that you brought that stuff up. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Um, next question here is, you know, kind of, I brought it up previous episodes and stuff. And, you know, I'm always curious about what's in the bag, you know, what are, what are you playing in the bag right now? You know, what kind of club manufacturers do you have in the bag? Do you like to stick with one? Do you work with any kind of, you know, manufacturers, or anything like that? Or you just kind of whatever works? Um, I'm kind of whatever works. I'm yeah. Very field player. So whatever I like in my hands, like I honestly don't even know the shafts that are in my clubs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'm playing Cobra irons, uh, Cobra driver, uh, mm-hmm. Cobra woods, uh, actually Callaway woods. Sorry. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I just switched them out and um, my putter is Odyssey and my wedges, my coaches make or my coach makes. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like bulkies, but uh-huh. he makes them and um I like them a lot they feel great I actually when I was at Florida State went away from them and I don't really remember what I switched to I switched to a different wedge and then when I came home that summer I actually just put them back in my bag so like the probably like the end of the fall I put them back in my bag and I was like oh my god it was like I found like heaven. like why did I ever go away from these (laughs) yeah oh just like the feel out of the bunker I, I play today and they're just like they're amazing. I love them. That is awesome. I love hearing kind of what's in the bag because everybody's different, you know, and yeah, I'm so a field player a, too. It's a bit of a, a mixed bag. Um, I had yeah. PXG in my bag like four months ago and mm-hmm. didn't love them. And those were like fitted for me. And then these are like off my coach's like wall. Like he has so many clubs and they were yeah. actually his, his clubs that I stole them from him. <laughs> nah, I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. With them. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Really interesting stuff. You know, I'm a field player myself. I, I definitely don't have just one brand in there because you no, know, very much like yourself, you know, I am, you know, if it feels good, looks good, then that's great by all means. And if it, if I hit it good, that's what all that matters. But you no, know, it's just really interesting because everybody's different. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's cool that your coach makes the wedges. That's really cool. Um, and heading the next one here, you know, out of all the wins and, and the uh, success you've had on the golf course, you know, we've talked about the most nervous you've been and the most memorable. I know you've talked about, you know, being in your first U.S. Um, U.S. Junior Girls Championship and the D- and the Dustin Johnson Championship. Would those kind of be the ones that are the most memorable for you? Or is there one that you hadn't talked about yet that maybe sticks out as well? 
Yeah, those two are definitely up there. Um, there's another memory. Um, I was 12 and I had like no expectations, but I made like, I'm trying to remember what they call it now. It was like like the Junior Rider Club team for US kids. There might be a name for it, so sorry if someone's listening and I don't have like the right name, um, but it was like six girls, six guys from the US versus um, the international side, so same for them. And um, my dad was caddying for me and uh, me and Michaela Murad, I think you just had her. Yeah, on. just had her on. Yeah. Um, so what we were like, I think we were like six down and we came back in one. On oh, my 18. gosh. Wow. And that was one of the most memorable times for me. I remember we were on 18 and I hit it into the left bunker. It's crazy how I can remember all of this. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, right? And my dad was like, I had like a hybrid. I needed to hit a hybrid to hit the green. And I was like undecided if I wanted to hit it from the bunker. And he was like, well, we didn't come here to lay up. And I hit it and I hit it on the green and two putt and we won. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. So that was one of, and our, like our point won it for the United States. Wow. Um, so it was, that's one of a really good memory for me too. It's just like the young part of me and having my dad on the bag brings up yeah. a lot of emotions for me at, um, I, and I have my dad on the bag as much as I can now. He doesn't know like everything about golf, but he's good to like get me out of my head and he's very yeah. good strategically too. Yeah. I mean, Hey, and he lets you know, you know, we didn't come here to lay up or anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. I'm sure that's a memory that he'll always remember as well. And yes. something that he can, you know, play back as well. And yeah, um, some par fives when I'm like, uh, I'm going to go for it. And then I think of him in the back of my head. <laughs> your dad. Yeah, exactly. In the back of your head saying, you know, we didn't come here to lay up. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, we're heading to the last question here. Um, kind of like to bring it back kind of full circle to people that kind of, you know, maybe got you into the game and people that really, you know, have been a big part of your kind of golfing career and stuff, but is there somebody or a group of people that have really inspired you to be the person slash golfer you are today? Just my family. I've, I touched on my dad a lot, but my mom has had like a huge impact on my life too. She is not very like as much of a sports person as my dad, but she's been the most supportive person along the way. Um, she married my dad, not knowing a lot of sports terms at all. And she's learned so much about golf and lacrosse, which my sister plays. And um, she loves it. She calls herself a, a golf mom. <laughs> there you go. Golf mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then um, want to thank my sister too, because she's played a huge role in my life. Super supportive. Um, she's a great role model too. We both are really hard workers and, and then both my grandparents on both sides of my family, but my dad's side that um, brought me into golf and um, memories that I'll have of like my grandfather forever. Um, I have like his caddy bib still like hanging in my closet from one of the tournaments he caddied for oh me. Oh my gosh. Wow. So um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's great to have, you know, the support system and the people that have supported you and will continue to support you. Um, you know, whether they're, you know, Anyway, whether they're here or not um you know it's it's just really great to have that because you need that in golf and you know it's hard to kind of go along the journey of playing golf and all the different steps and the whole process without having people there so um you know it's great to have those people there and uh, always always behind you and you know always nice to have you have a caddy nice to have your dad always on the bag too <laughs> it's nice that we're like able to get along and then like to have like family to come back to especially like when you play good or bad that they're supporting you it just it means so much so i know because a lot of i'm just really lucky to have supportive a supportive family absolutely absolutely i'm glad that 
you know, glad that you have that. And I'm sure they're looking forward to everything that is going to happen for you in your future. And uh, it's really exciting stuff. I'm really excited for you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, that'll wrap up this week's episode of Scrambling with Delonado featuring Taylor Roberts. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciated you taking the time out of your day and, you know, just always will be supporting you and we'll, uh, we'll shout you out on the podcast alum on Instagram and everything and uh, looking forward to your future and everything. Yeah. Thank you for having me and go Gators. There it is. Go Gators, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty. Have a good one, everybody. Hey everyone. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of scrambling with Dylan auto. Just want to let you guys know, I create an Instagram for the podcast called scrambling podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.